0: Hi everyone, this is Dr. John Finn. Welcome to another Tougher Minds podcast. You've guessed it, I'm out walking again and I'm just reflecting. Resilience is talked about an awful lot, but I think often people are not really sure what it means. The way that we understand resilience is very simple. It means that if you are resilient, it means you're good at recognising when you are doing and thinking about things that are not helpful for you being at your best. So that might be, I'm good at recognising, well, you know, eating, that type of thing isn't good for me. Staying up too late, that's not good for me. Worrying too much, beating myself up, none of that stuff's particularly good for me. So, so it's good at doing what we call intelligent self-watching. That is, watching ourselves in an intelligent way. The second part of being resilient, then, is being able to take action and build better habits to replace those unhelpful habits that are making you do the unhelpful things. So that's the way that we see resilience, it's about getting good at recognizing when you're paying attention to unhelpful things and also once you've recognized the unhelpful things you're doing it's getting good at building new habits to replace those unhelpful habits that are making you do the unhelpful things. Now we know that we can all build new habits because our brain is like plasticine and it changes via this process called neuroplasticity. And all that means is that the neurons in your brain of which there are about 100 billion of them they're like plasticine, they're remolded and they reshape. And often when we think about being resilient and changing ourselves And the smallest unit of change is just to build a simple, new, helpful habit. We we come to this concept of willpower. And we want to use our willpower to resist doing the unhelpful thing and to do what is more helpful for for us. And willpower, as we describe it, it resides in the prefrontal cortex. And that is the part of the brain that we do use to put the brakes on our behaviour whether it's our unhelpful thinking or resisting reaching out and grabbing for the biscuit or making ourselves go to bed on time, whatever it is, that we do use willpower to help us to do that. It sparks the change process, if you like. But what we also need to recognise is that willpower is a limited resource. And just on its own, it won't be enough to help us to create sustainable change, to build sustainable new helpful habits. In order to do that we have to use insights from behavioural science and that means that we need to understand what are the things that influence what we can do and, and what we get in the habit of doing. What we need to understand is that these things are often invisible and therefore they're often difficult to manage and control. Behavioural science is quite a complex discipline and there are many very famous experts who've pioneered different strands of behavioural science but not one of those strands explains everything about what we need to do to actually manage ourselves and ultimately make sustainable uh, change. So in order to make behavioural science really accessible and really really usable, whether you want to use it to build... Better habits for your well-being, for your performance, for your leadership, whether you want to get people building better habits to drive a more successful culture as we enter the new world of of hybrid working, these nine factors are absolutely essential to understand and actually activate in order to help people to build the type of habits they're going to need to build in order to be successful. So what are the nine action factors? Number one is mindset. If you do not believe you can change, if you do not understand that your brain is like plasticine and it's changing all the time and you get good at what you practice, you're going to be less inclined to successfully change. You're not probably even going to try to change because you just think that you're fixed. So mindset is the first factor that we need to activate and that's why we always begin our training our coaching by educating people about how their brain works and showing them that they can change and they do they are going to get better at the things that they practice for better and for worse the second factor is what we call the habit factor we need to understand that although we can change we can only make one tiny change at a time so that if we're going to successfully make change it's going to be in tiny little steps often this is where people fail because they try to make changes that are too big and unattainable they fail to change beat themselves up and then develop a a mindset that they can't change and they are just what they are so we've got the mindset factor the habit factor next we've got the personal motivation factor if we want to compel our eight brain and hue to actually get on board and help us to make successful change then we need it's easier to do that if we have a reason why so have big goals we we create a tool called the fan story and this is a future ambitious meaningful story tool that allows people to set goals about their future selves and connect goals about what they might want to achieve in the next 10 years for example to the source of goals that they're going to have to achieve in the next one to four years to get that stuff achieved in ten years and then to achieve the things they're going to have to achieve in the next 12 months if they want to achieve their one to four year goals and then what goals do they need to achieve this month and to do that what do they need to achieve this, this week and to do that what do we need to achieve today. So we have to we have to activate the personal motivation factor that's going to help us to make successful change. The next factor we call personal knowledge and personal skills let's just say that i want to build a better stress management habit i might know that i want i need to do that and i might have all the motivation in the world to want to do it but without new knowledge and skills i might not be able to do it because i don't actually know how to manage my stress well i might want to build better habits to become a, a what we call a team power leader But without knowledge and skills, I won't be able to do it because I don't know what I need to do to become a better leader. So knowledge and skills, for many of the difficult things, difficult, really rewarding habits that we want to build, are absolutely essential. The next one, and it's connected to that, is what we call community knowledge and skills. If I want to build a better stress management habit or become a better leader and loads of people around me understand... What the, the sort of knowledge and skills that I might need to manage stress better and to become a better leader, that's really helpful for me. So community knowledge and skills is absolutely another essential change factor and one that we need to consider if we're going to make change happen successfully and sustainably. And that's one of the reasons we've created a programme of work which makes very complex science very simple so that everyone can, can understand this. And can start to use the the Tougher Minds insights to support everyone in their community, from colleagues to partners to to children, etc. So, so far, we've got the mindset factor. We've got the habit factor. We've got the personal motivation factor. We've got the personal knowledge and skills factor. And we've got the community knowledge and skills factor. The next one is what we call social influence. So, we know that... The eight brain, the P in the eight brain stands for P, perceived. We know that we are hugely influenced by the important people in our lives and we often model and copy their behaviour. So that if we want to build new habits, we need to be hanging around with people that are already doing the types of things we want to do. Or if we want to collectively build new habits, we need everyone to be practising what they're preaching and actually everyone working on themselves found a foundational idea of, of building a really good culture so that's so, social influence the next one is rewards and penalties and the ape brain really understands this so let's take driving as an example if you drive well you get rewarded in the first instance you get a driving license then your car insurance goes down etc and if you drive poorly, you get penalised. You get points on your licence, you get monetary fines, car insurance goes up, eventually you, you lose your licence. At work, if we perform well, hopefully we get rewarded, and if we don't, we get penalised, etc. And we see this, these reward and penalty systems everywhere in society reinforcing behaviour. If we want to change our own behaviour and others, we've got to understand that and we've got to understand how to structure rewards and penalties in an appropriate way to actually help them to build the habits that are going to be helpful for them and, and for the team etc. This is where gamification would fit in and we, we have um, a model that sits underneath the 9 Action Factors model and it has over 200 rules. And I'd say 50-plus of those rules are about gamification and rewards and penalties. It's quite a complex area, but quite a fun area uh, to to, to work on and actually help to design environments and systems that reward and penalise the right types of behaviour. But absolutely essential that we understand it is so important for building new habits. Next area is what we call external, physical and digital triggers. These are... The reminders in our environment of what we need to do so if we take the driving example again um, when as soon as you get in the, a modern car now there is there are triggers and reminders to do the right things so if you don't put your seatbelt on you get a ping 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 if you can see how quickly you're driving through the speedometer there is a line in the middle of the road to remind you how uh, which side of the road to drive on. There are zebra crossings and traffic lights and speed cameras, all designed to get you to do safe driving behaviours. Because governments have recognised when they don't have those triggers in place, uh, the car accident rates go up. The smartphone, which you may be listening to this podcast on right now, is possibly the most successful triggering device of all time. It's excellent at getting your attention and reminding you to use it, which is why it's become such a popular product. So if I open the cupboard, for example, and there's uh, loads of chocolate biscuits in there, I'm probably going to eat one. So we've got to be very mindful of what are the triggers in our environment and how can we trigger ourselves to keep practicing the new habits or the new habit that we want to build to help us to be at our best more often. And then the final factor... Of the nine action factor model is what we call brain states. Uh, imagine your brain's a little bit like a battery. It's only got so much charge in every 24 hour period. And if we take the driving exa- example again, if you le- if you learn to sleep when you're, if you learn to rather to drive when you're sleep deprived, it's going to take you much longer to learn how to drive than if you do it when you're mentally fresh. So the importance of the brain state factor is, is to be aware that when we're trying to build difficult new habits it's better to practice doing that or practice planning to do that when we're mentally fresh because that will give us a better chance of actually um, controlling our behavior so we talk about resilience a a lot for me it is the absolute foundations of everything that we do and everyone can get better at it everyone can get better at being more self-aware do more intelligent self-watching and everyone can get better at learning how to build new habits and what is absolutely essential if you're going to do that is to understand the nine action factors and to make that really simple uh, to to put into practice we've, we've created the habit building plan which is an essential part of our me power resilience program and of course the me power resilience program is all about building better habits in every area of your life so it shows you how to how to put the nine action factors model into action into any new habit that you want to build so if you want to learn more about you can check out the me power resilience program if you just want to get going and just get better at doing a little bit of self-watching a little bit of planning absolutely free you can access the me power resilience planner just go to our website access that for free and that gives you daily and weekly structures to make it easier for you to actually plan and reflect and Start being more resilient, which we can all learn how to do. So, I hope that was helpful. I'm going to talk a lot more about nine action factors and resilience in future podcasts, but that's all for now.